I'm Kennedy, and you're listening to the I Care Too Much podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, chickens and cats, rats and dogs, we are ducks back. Barracudas. Girls. Uh, <laughs> 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 Pigeons. Uh, this is another episode of the I Care Too Much podcast. Um, shout, shout out, out to DC to Pigeons. I'm sorry. Yeah. Shout out to them. DC Pigeons are thugs. They, Let's are. Just put that they are. They be out here thugging. Okay. They really do. <laughs> Uh, I miss them. We back again with Anapama. Anapama, how you how you doing? Hey, good, Lamont. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. And my big brother Jethro, of course. Yes, yes. Living the dream. Okay. Uh Jethro gave us an explosive exclusive uh last week. Yeah. Um when he gave us the lowdown on episode sixteen. Wow. Was this yeah, sixteen. Three kids by three moms. I call it yeah. three for three. <laughs> and they're all and four. I'm good from the line. And they're all four. They're all four. 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 The four. Okay, but um, and and it was a great episode. We got some really good feedback from that episode, particularly from uh, some of our women listeners who thought that we did it in a very tasteful, respectful way, and that Jeffro yeah. told his honest truth, and um, they wish him the best. Uh, shout out to Stephanie, uh, the yeah. Advantage Coach from the Field to the Real podcast. Always love y'all. Um, and my brother Jeffro is always also a co-host on that show. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to have to get on there one day and talk my spill oh, about yeah. why I'm no longer a fan of the Washington football team and NFL in general, but that's a whole nother. Uh... Look, brother, I, I'll, be joining <laughs> you. I'll be joining you with that one. <laughs> right, right, right. That won't be anyway, who's really right. <laughs> that's an aside there. But so this is a part two. This is a follow up. Uh, yeah. This is a chance for my brother Jethro to kind of fill in some holes in his story from last week. And uh, I'm going to turn the floor over to you, man, and let you do your thing. Because And, and, and allow me to give a little bit of feedback myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've been wanting to do this episode for a long time. I've been yeah. wanting to do this for a very long time. And because I know you personally, and I'm biased, man. I love you to death, brother. And it's just you exceptional. Too, you know, and it's, and it's exceptional. Things happen, and it's not always the thing that happened. It's how you deal with that thing. Yeah, that makes you who you are, right? Yeah, and and I stand by your character, and I vouch for you, and I want people to understand that everything's not always black and white. There's gonna be some gray areas, so don't yeah. don't always typecast people into into the same role just because they have certain elements of their life. Right. All right. So that being said, the floor is yours again. One more time, man. Fill us in. Take us take us to where we are. Okay, let me start with um, a little bit of the feedback that I received um, was that I was particularly tough on Studio Phil. Mm. Right? Mm. Um, And I think this is a a very important um, this is a very important thing for me to say, um, especially 
because what I don't want to happen is for someone to hear my story, hear what I've done, you know, and think that I'm, you know, making either making an excuse or Mm -hmm. creating a narrative that, you know, suits me. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say that in each one of these situations from starting from, you know, the ex-girlfriend going into studio fail going yeah going into college friend um it's very important that when you're dealing with stuff when you know um you're going through something like that's never a time to entertain as a man that's never a time to entertain a woman you know (laughs) no matter no matter how you communicate um your intentions, no matter how you, you know, you relay that, that's never a time to, to entertain a woman because, um, romantically, huh? You're saying like romantically, right? Yeah. Romantically, you know, um, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, we don't talk about that enough. And I think under Palmer, you spoke about uh, similar to this, like when we're talking about therapy, how sometimes a man can, uh, project or um, really put the burden of emotional weight onto a woman. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so this kind of speaks to that. Yeah. And when, you know, when you're not feeling whole yourself, you're sort of not in a position to choose someone. Like, right. you're just, you, you, it's the danger or the, there can be a tendency to go for someone just to have someone and it's not a choice. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's unfair. That's unfair to the other person. So I, I just want to make it clear that, you know, um, a lot of my actions during this time and maybe even, even before this, a lot of my actions were very self-centered, um, very selfish, you know? And so I just want to put that part out there to, just just to, so people know that I'm taking, I'm taking accountability for all the parts that I play in this situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I only want to speak for myself. You know, um, there's, uh, you know, they say, is, you know, what, two sides or three sides to every story, you know. Right, right. Um, <laughs> at this point, it, it's, it's probably five sides to the story. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has a unique vantage Faux. of what Faux. happened. Faux. Right. <laughs> Shoot. And and when you count the How kids. How much was it? Faux. 100%. <laughs> you know, and, and when you count the kids, you know, you might say it, it's seven or eight different vantage points. You know what sure. I'm saying? So um, I just want to speak from my vantage. You know what I'm saying? Um and, and give a little bit of insight. I, I think uh, <clears throat> to fill in some of the holes or whatever, because uh, one of the questions that was asked um, to me was they were like, well, you know, what happened, what specifically was happening between you and the ex, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And to be quite honest, like, my my behavior was was trash. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, like again, like I said, I I didn't know how to communicate a lot of the stuff that I was going through, and that's no excuse. But um, 
I was I was being very inappropriate. Like I was entertaining, you know what I'm saying, conversations that uh, with other women that I, I definitely shouldn't have been. Um, and, you know, just, just really acting, you know, contrary to somebody who um, was in a relationship at the time. And, that, and that's part of the reason why um, when we got to the end of it, I just ended it. Because I didn't want to keep pushing her <clears throat> into this, you know. I knew something was going on with me, but I didn't know what. Um, I knew that I, I wasn't being, you know, 100% real about the relationship. So I felt at that point it was it was best to end it. Mm-hmm. So I know that was kind of one of the lingering questions. I um, The person that asked me, like, you know, I think I, I think I told them to listen to the <laughs> to listen to this episode for them to get it so that, you know, <laughs> them and whoever else wanted to know that part could actually hear it here as opposed to me trying to explain it to them in a moment. Word. Um, so fast forward, um, somebody somebody else asked me about my relationship. Well, with- well no, hold on. I want to interject. Do you feel like you were unfair to Studio Fail? Do you feel like you were in any way unfair? I think I think in last I think I was a bit harsh in explaining the nature of our relationship. But mm. in in all fairness, like that was true, you know. I think when we look back on things, we look back at it, um, we don't think about how it necessarily felt to be in it, right? Right. So um she she's a she's a really good singer um she's an attractive woman and i think i was like during the time that she and i were interacting um i was impressed by that stuff mm-hmm. and while i didn't want to pursue a relationship with her i did i did entertain her you know what i'm saying right. so i want i want to make that part clear cuz i think from um the person who told me that that i, I was kind of harsh and explaining that relationship um kind of saw it up close mm. you know so um i did want to I, I do want to let that that part be known like you know i was entertaining her and it was you know um while a lot of it was about the music like i did think she was attractive and you know obviously we slept together and so um there was a physical attraction there so there was a foe I mean, I think think what I'm hearing is that, I mean, and I, and this makes sense, like from hearing the story last time, you know, someone might think that that relationship sounded really one-sided in terms of her chasing you, but, um, but that, that mean that it sounds like that wasn't really the case. Well, so at a point it it became that, mm-hmm. okay. right? At a point it became that, but just in fairness to like even the beginning, like when she and I met, she and I met, and her sister introduced us, and well, not even introduced us on like we met up together. Like uh, she she gave me her phone number, and I think gave her my phone number, mm-hmm. um, and we spoke about music, but we also like you know we exchange pictures and stuff like that, you know? And so, um, I just wanted to be fair about that part of it. Like, 
it wasn't a she wasn't stalking me or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like something crazy like that. But right. um, it, it, there, there did turn into a point where, um, you know, the communication was strictly from her side, you know. And so when I was speaking about it, I was speaking about it from that vantage and I didn't really give like kind of the beginning of how she and I got to that point. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um. Well, good. I mean, uh, you know, you got to take accountability, and yeah. that's all you can do. And like I said, at this point, how you move forward? Do you care to talk at all about how you? I, people want to, you know, okay, you're a student, but how do you care for the children? Okay. Um. So, and how would the mothers say that you care for the children? I would say that. Um. My youngest son, Jack, because he is here with me in Atlanta, mm-hmm. he gets the bulk of my attention. Mm-hmm. And that, that's strictly because he is here in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I see him, if not every day, almost every day. Like, I may, it may be a day where he's with his mom, you know what I'm saying? And I, you know, I may not see him. I may not go over and, you know, mm-hmm. check him out or, or, or you know, but I, I, I pretty much talk to him daily. Um, my son, that's in, in Compton. Um, there have been there have been times where we talk multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have gone times where we've talked maybe once a week, mm-hmm. and there've also there also have been times where we've gone like a few weeks and I haven't talked to him for various reasons. Mm. Um, and that part kind of just revolves around scheduling mm-hmm. you know he's uh, three hours behind me um, and usually when he gets home from school I'm either asleep or going to sleep and there are, lots, there are a lot of times where I like I either like stay up late um, just to speak to him or mm-hmm. um or, you know, he'll get out of school super early and I can, you know, call him while I'm, like, en route home from campus or something like that. Sure. Um, my daughter, because... Um, Pause real quick. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I feel, I'm, t- I'm picking up, uh, it's like, like a TV in the background. Oh. You still hear it? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't still hear it. Do I? Well, maybe. I hear it. Yeah, okay. Hold on. Hey, bro. Bro. Hey, you trying to throw it down, bro? I kind of want to know what the kids talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you say it? Conversations with four. I don't know. I don't hear it anymore. Okay, okay, good. All right, yeah, they say it's down. No, you said uh, you pick up from your daughter in five, four, three, two. Yeah, so um, with my with my daughter, she and I, we were on a schedule where we talk once a week, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we talked a little more, um, but just over the last few weeks, 
um, it's been kind of shaky, and she and I probably haven't spoken in like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you can imagine, like trying to keep the schedule with the three of them, it's tough. It's, yeah. Um, but are you a PhD student? Right, right. I am at the end. I see the light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> of this PhD program, but um, it's just with with my daughter in particular. Her schedule, her schedule was like very regimented. Sure. Um, and if I don't catch her before seven thirty, then she's like showered and in the bed. Right. Right. You know, they got it on a schedule. Can't be mad at that. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I appreciate that part. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think, I think I'm not sure if I said this the last recording. You know, I just want to make sure. But the one thing I can say about all three of these women is that they have been very patient with the idea of me um, getting my degree. You know, um, with my daughter's mother. Um, while she did, she did go to the court um, to establish child support. Um, we were able to, we were able to reach an agreement with child support that um, allowed me to be fair to all of my children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and all three of them have been really patient with that. You know, with me finishing school and I'm not making as much money as I would have made if, you know, I had a, I had a, you know, career at this point. Sure. Um, so I, I really appreciate them for that because, um, I, I can imagine that some women wouldn't have cared. Like, no, I want my money. I need help with these children. Right. Or I need help with my child, <laughs> you know, right. from three different women. Um, and that would have been very difficult. You know, I, I wouldn't have been able to continue and finish um, or be close to finishing without them being as understanding as they are. That's, that's amazing. Like, I mean, do they, can I ask, do, do, they, do they all have, like, careers? Yeah, so they all have, you know, different careers. One is uh educator one is in pr and the other is a multipreneur <laughs> she mm-hmm. has a few different businesses so um they all they all have something they have going on and they're able to provide um and even with the with the little bit of money that i have like i i've never missed a payment um there may have been a time where I may have may have had a couple of days. I may have been a couple of days late with child support, um, but I've never missed a payment. I've always paid more than what my fair share was, depending on what I made. Um, and that part, like, I don't even care about like that money part. Like, I, I see guys who like try to hide their income and try to like. I don't care about that part at all. Like, if I can grind it out for my kids to. You know, I don't need no itemized, you know, of what the money's spent on. Like, I know my kids need it, and I know that it's going to go to a good place. So I, I don't even be, you know, I don't even care about that part. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, just for them, like, knowing that about you is everything. 
and I th- I think even with the kind of the 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 gripes that we've had with the with the friction that you know all all three of well all four of us have had like I think they do understand that part right like um excuse my French I'm sure they <laughs> all at some point were like he's a piece of shit <laughs> um <laughs> but I think they all can recognize like I'm I'm gonna do whatever I need to do p- to provide for my kids um and I think maybe you know, so at some points I felt guilty for staying in this program and finishing up my PhD because I know that I can provide more. But I've always felt like this was kind of a means to get to a larger end. It's an investment. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was an investment. And, you know, not every woman, not every woman, like especially like with not being with them, would be okay with investing in this way. Like saying like, okay, I can only receive this at the moment, but it'll lead to more at the end. Yeah. Now, the fact that I'm still in school, they might be like, all right, now it's time. Really. <laughs> Man, I think this is, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, you can send us a voice message if you download the Anchor app and um, tell us what would you do if you were in a situation and whether you were one of the moms or whether you were Jethro, what would you do in a situation? I think that's interesting. It'd be interesting to hear other people's point of views. For me, man, I, whew, boy, <laughs> I don't know what I'd do, man. I, well, I'd tell you what I, I know what I would be doing on the side is driving Lyft or Uber or something. Well, you Because uh, <laughs> I, I just, you said you did, right? Yeah, I, At I one did point, that for a while, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then I'd be trying to like juggle eight or f- eight or nine things. I'd probably be selling some stuff on the side too. Wow, well, oh, man! I, look, <laughs> I, I almost, uh, I, I almost did it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe go back to puppy selling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, puppies. Uh huh. That's what we call it for the. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Send them, send them. Woof, woof, up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Nah, but uh, you know. Um, and what you know, with you saying that too, man, you know, I, I a lot of my fr- like, and I said it, I said this the last episode, but a lot of my friends, um, and my, I, when I say my friends, I mean my core group of friends, you know, um, even in the moments where I wanted to be like, man, forget this, like, I look, I can't deal with this situation, like, no, I am, I'm not these kids' father, you know what I'm saying? Like, even in moments where I had. I, I felt like that, you know, yeah. my friends, yeah. my friends have been everything throughout this situation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you guys have been like very encouraging. You know what I'm saying? Like, but also just like, you know, if it's a problem, what you going to do? Right. You know, my reaction, you already know my reaction before right. you tell me. Uh-huh. Cause I'm just going to, Hey, I'm punting it back to you. What you going right. to do about what it? What you going to do about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and, and in a moment, like, you know, and this me me being very transparent, like in a moment, at the moment where I, I, I knew, okay, all three of these kids are mine, I have to do something. There was a there was a brief moment in there where I was like, man, fuck this, like, I'm I, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm I, I I just can't do this. You know what people gonna think about me? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, up and up until this point, or up until that point where the kids were made <laughs> like I didn't live that type of life you know what I'm saying like I didn't live the baby daddy life 
Sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's no knock to anybody, like anybody who's listening. I, I just mean it in the sense of like, I really wasn't running around like sleeping with a lot of women or anything like that. Like I just, you know, um, and not in a manner to which I would produce children. So to, it was kind of surreal to, to be faced with being in this situation. That's a unique situation indeed. Yeah. And it was like Mm -hmm. the perfect storm of events, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, because at any point in, in, in what, in learning about any of them, like, None of them, you know, it, one, only one of them would have been here. Like, imagine a uh, studio fell at, at, at the point of, like, having taken serious her claim, you know, the other two wouldn't have been here. And I can't imagine that. So I'm cool uh-huh. with, I'm cool with, um, you know, um, how it all shook, shook out. You know, I think about it now. I make jokes about it. <laughs> you know, I, I make jokes about being a father. I make jokes about, you know, just the, the manner in which <laughs> you pull out game week. We, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> we look, we look, we made, we made plenty of jokes about this over the, over however many years, you know what I'm saying? And that's a testament to the, the healing that's taking place on my part. Yeah. Cause just the, the fact of being able to talk about it and, you know, be at the point of, you know, speaking about it in the manner in which I'm, I'm speaking about it, like, um, like I'm, I'm sure you can tell anybody who's listening can tell, like, there had to be a lot of healing that took place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And what I never want to be looked at in, in this situation is like a victim. I, I think, you know, none of these kids asked to be here. Right. They're all in this unique situation where they have a dad who is the father of <laughs> two other kids with two other women. And, you know, that's going to be unique for them. They, they, they're they going to have to explain this to their peers. They're going to have to explain this to their teachers. Like, you know, fortunately, my, my, <laughs> my youngest son wears it like a badge of honor. He goes to school <laughs> and he tells his teachers all about his brother and sister, you know. <laughs> um, he's proud of it. Like when his, when his brother came a couple of months ago, my man um, to visit, yeah. When his, when his brother came to visit, he took him. He took him in the, in his room, oh, showed him all of his toys. Really? They played together. Oh my god! Shout yes. out to Action Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> Young King. <laughs> and uh, last year, when when um, Aaliyah and Jack met, you know, they're they're boy and girl, so they you know they have different inter- interests, but. Um, they were super excited to be around each other and they cried when they had to leave each other. What? And so you can imagine, like, I'm not even a crier, but like, I cried like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cried like a baby when I saw that, man. They didn't, they didn't want to, they didn't want to leave each other. Oh. Um, and every few days he asked, like, can I see my sister? Oh. And we'll just FaceTime her, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's a, it's a unique situation. It's a unique, um, you know, situation to be in, but man, I love it, man. Like, <laughs> I, I really do. I, I think anybody who's ever been around me knows that I, I love being a father. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really enjoy it. Like, I didn't imagine it being this way. And sure, I, sure. I think, I don't know, I don't know if I told this story 
on the last episode, but this is why I feel like words are very powerful and that life and death are in the power of the tongue. In 2011, I made a joke about having all my kids at one time, <laughs> having three kids by three different women. Oh, no. In 2011, I made this joke. And in two years, less than three years' time, it manifested. Mm. It don't seem like the universe here would want to hear. It don't never uh-huh. hear the stuff you actually wish for. Right. Because I was asking for this, this Powerball to just hit the other day. And ain't... Come on. <laughs> I'm still, yeah, I'm still asking. That part. I'm still asking for it. Look. Does that work? Can we do that? What's, huh? the, what's the slogan? Uh, can't win if you don't play. Yeah. You you gotta play to win. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the only only look such as life. I'ma always remember Chuck Brown. Chuck during during that DC lottery. lottery uh, yeah, man. <laughs> rest in peace, Chuck Brown, man. man. Rest in peace, Chuck. Oh man. Listening to Chuck the other day. Oh, guess what I saw at uh, Costco today, man. I saw Coach Dixon, man. Oh, really? Yeah, you look good, too. I, oh, man. I Every said, time... He tried to shake my hand. I said, come here, give me a hug, man. Come here. Yeah, oh, uh, man. I love Coach Dixon, man. Yeah, Anna Palmer. Coach Dixon yeah. was uh, a high school coach, also was a cool homeroom teacher. I had yeah. a homeroom at Coolidge. Oh. And uh-huh. uh, just a cool old brother, man. And, and uh, I love him to death, too. Him he and was... uh, Mrs. Dixon. Rest yeah, peace. rest in peace, Mr. Dixon. Yeah, rest in peace. Mr. Dixon was, I, man, he's been so instrumental in my life. One, um, I think that all of the people who call me Jethro Burgess now, <laughs> he's part of the reason why. Because he was the, he was the announcer at all of the football games. <laughs> and so, <laughs> he was the, so he, he was, was your, the, your football coach? Or? No, no, he wasn't the coach. He was like the, the person who announced like... Mm-hmm. He did like not play by play, but he would announce like the players, like when a play happened or something. Mm. And instead of saying Jared Burgess, he always said Jethro Burgess. So <laughs> when scouts would come to <laughs> to, <laughs> oh to talk to me, they they would call me Jethro Burgess, thinking that that was my real so name. Funny. <laughs> That's so funny. But he also, um, when I made the decision, um, I have a whole crazy story. We got to talk about this one day. Uh-huh. Well, I have a whole crazy story about how I ended up at Howard University. And that journey took me through St. Augustine's College. And he was very instrumental in me going there. Not only going there, but going there for a semester for free. Oh, word. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even stay the whole semester. I think I might have made it to October. And that's, the, <laughs> that's where you're in your program now, right? No, no, no I'm at uh, Georgia State. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. St. Augustine, Florida. Yeah. No, no, no. St. Augustine's is in North. Oh, no, there is one in Florida, but this one is in North Carolina. Yeah. In Raleigh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. I mean, this has been, I hope it's been cathartic for you to tell your story at least. Oh, man, it has, man. You know, I, unfortunately, like, I care too much, man. So I, I, I've, you know, you know, even when we talked about doing it, the, you know, at first, because you've been wanting me to do this for a while, right? Um, I've always, I've always been very conscious of um, the people who hear it. Sure, the parties you know, involved. Right, right. 
Um, and even, and even, well, you know, I, I'm going to put this out there. If they listen in, I invite you to be on the show and tell your stories, tell your side of the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, as you see it, uh, I, it's an open invitation. If you got something to say, uh, we will coordinate it. You know how to get in touch with me. Um, and we'll go from there. Um, but, yeah. and if you don't, I respect that, that, decision as well but we would love to have mm-hmm. you just talk to you i think it's a unique situation there's some it's not yeah. you it's not unique in the grand scheme of the world but it's just it's a unique situation that's close to home and and i feel like it's a story to be told because like i said everything's not going to be in black and white some nah. people you know will look at a guy and and judge him based on on the story you told but yeah. How much gray areas in your life? You know, everybody's right. got some gray area. Absolutely. So own it, <clears throat> own it, truly own it, and um, move forward. Yeah. Right. Right. You don't usually hear about stories like this turning out the way this has. You know. Yeah. It's exceptional. You know, it's funny too. Like I, I one of my, I can't remember. Well, I don't remember who said it. But they told me that, that, like, I was built for this situation. And that's not something you want to hear <laughs> when you're when you, right. you going through it, you know. But <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do feel like based on my temperament, like, that, you know, I am, I am probably a, 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 one of the best people who could have handled this. I mean, because it's, it's it's a very delicate balance that has to happen to create harmony. And had I had a different temperament, like I'm sure this, or if my temperament changes, like this could go awry quickly. Sure. All right, David Banner. <laughs> uh, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I mean, don't get me angry. Saying, <laughs> are you saying because? Are you saying because of like? I mean, what about your demeanor makes you suited for this? Um, I would just say my my ability to like bring folks together. Like, mm. I'm very calming. You know. Um, I'm not quick to wrath. Like, I think I do a good job of trying to see everybody's point of view. Well, there Um, you go. And I care. I care too much. (laughs) Um, The cliche. (laughs) On that note, I think I know what I'm going to call this episode. I know what I'm going to call this episode. What you going to call it? Foe. For foe. (laughs) (laughs) Man. <laughs> fo Shout out to all our listeners, all fo. Uh, yo. All fo. I get it. Uh, <laughs> on the we've been saying it the whole episode. Like, <laughs> we've been saying this the whole episode. You're like, now nah, I get it. No, 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 no. I got it before, but now you're saying that there are four listeners. Oh, or yeah. fo. <laughs> Fo. Uh, yo. All foe. All foe. Oh, man. Fo fo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm launching. All right, we're going to play some voice messages and um, 
yeah, you know, some good feedback from last week's episode. Thanks to y'all for submitting. And yeah. um, hope y'all keep listening. This is the I Care Too Much podcast. You gotta say peace. Peace. What's up? This is your girl, Stephanie Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. The, AKA the Advantage Coach. And I just wanted to say kudos to you, Jethro, a.k.a. Jared Burgess, because this was so brave of you and um, and done in such a tasteful way. And I appreciate you um, continuing to acknowledge that the women may have a different perspective. So I'm just um, very excited about your um your story and um your ability to be bold and brave and share it with the world and i hope that somebody um gets what they need from this particularly about the mental health piece of this you know that's our thing so just thank you for sharing awesome work a new segment called um can we talk about how <laughs> this one is particularly special, right? Uh, it's our first time doing this segment. I, it occurred to me, let me give a little context here, because uh, my coworkers and I, we create a playlist every week, and this week's playlist was movie soundtrack songs. Um, and obviously, I mean, I can't have a playlist of movie soundtrack songs without I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Correct. Okay, and it just, fact, just, it, that, that playlist just doesn't exist without Whitney Houston. Let's, let's, let's go. And, and let me introduce my guests because uh, this person is an expert in this field. <laughs> and can speak to this uh, fluently. Crystal Marie. <laughs> what's your last name now? Because I know you're married. <laughs> McDaniels, which is weird because I married awesome. an Ethiopian and now I have an Irish last name. <laughs> Here we are. Not so weird in the evolution of history, uh, Correct. unfortunately. Correct. So Chris Marie McDaniels has a nice ring to it. Mrs. McDaniels, um, can we talk about how monumental, how classic, how uh, excellently flawless the execution of I Will Always Love You was sung by Whitney Houston? Well, to begin with, we should clarify that Whitney Houston is the MVP of all soundtracks. Come on. Um, we got The Bodyguard, of course, which is classic. You got Waiting to Exhale. What? And you also have The Preacher's Wife. These are all three excellent soundtracks. Without the music of these three movies, the movie would not be the movie that it is. How could I forget this about Waiting to Exhale? The Waiting to Exhale, song, I mean, you got a song where you don't even use real words. Shoot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. That's that's amazing. Though I will say I feel like Mary J. Blige overpowered that soundtrack, particularly with uh, Not Gonna Cry. I wouldn't say overpowered. I mm. would say she added quite a bit to it. <laughs> yes. um, it's hard for me to ever say that Mary J. Blige overpowered Whitney Houston in any way. <laughs> um, that's fair. just not ever going to come out of my mouth. That's but, fair. Um, I, much love to Mary J. Blige. She's she's a great. Uh, she's the breakup queen. That's good stuff. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you going through something? Yeah. You gotta you listen go to Mary J. That's your girl. But also, if you're going through something, um, and if you're interested in doing something on the side, Whitney Houston is also your girl. <laughs> I did not. I, I grew up on Whitney Houston. I was Whitney Houston for Halloween three years in a row. Oh, come on. Um, 
which is a really pictures. hard costume to pull off. No one immediately guesses who that's your Whitney Houston. I was committed. Um, and I will say um, I didn't realize until I was an adult and I was listening to some of that music that a lot of her songs are about um, cheating or being um, what today's people would call a side piece. Mm. Uh, but they yeah. are. But give, give us an example. Um, Saving All My Love For You is about um, waiting for a man to uh, leave, woman. leave his family and spend time with you and how he's uh, promising to one day leave his wife. But you don't mind, you know, just waiting for him to kind of figure that out. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. You know, um, didn't realize <laughs> it until I got older, but it's it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> But yes, I will always love you. The classic, the one where if you just hear just the one word, if everyone knows what it is, it doesn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter um, what genre of music you like. If you love country, if that you song love is bipartisan. R&B, if you hear it is a bipartisan. I wouldn't say it's, I'll say it's nonpartisan. I'm not going to give Trump oh. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's completely open to everyone to love and enjoy. Um, now, let's, 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 let's talk about execution here because sure. uh, I, I've been trying to think of another ballad that is as flawless. I feel like this may have been one of those songs that was done in one take and I may be giving her a little bit too much credit there. No, no, I don't think so. I think what I love about Whitney's voice and, you know, I... I'll give you an example. Jennifer Hudson, she has an extremely powerful voice. It's like, a, it's, it's strong. But Whitney Houston, and I will always love you, she shows you how she can be powerful, but she can also be sweet and pretty all in the same and go back and forth between those two. And it feels just perfectly done. And it makes you feel like this had to have been done in one take. Like there's, there's no room for anything else. That's, that's totally why that's like that. And and then you at some point you realize this woman felt this. I mean, this isn't something she that you just even if she didn't write it. She, she didn't felt those lyrics. She did. Um, everyone knows that originally Dolly Parton um, right. sang this song. It was in the movie, you know, they're listening to the country version version. Even though that was the original, this is probably one of the very few songs where you hear the Whitney version and you just know that there's no room for the original. Listen, no, I, I, Dolly. Dolly, I love you, Dolly. I love Dolly. But uh, come on now. You you had to hand this one over. Well, she's she's happy with that because she makes money every time it makes money. Um, for sure. So, you know, I'm sure she's a lot. She allows it. <laughs> she knows. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we, we can't have Whitney singing Jolene, but but for sure. I will always love you is monumental. It's just, oh, I, just think about it. Give me chills, especially that one part where she'd be like, uh, and I wish you joy and happiness. The way the joy she that's that was, that's how you knew she grew up gospel. The way she sang joy. Come on. That's where you heard the beginnings of preacher's wife, Whitney. It, it's like, it's like a Southern Christian person saying, God bless you, honey. Yes. <laughs> and, it, and it is. People don't, realize that they think it's like just a ballad but it is a breakup song too it's a it's a like listen this isn't gonna work me and you this isn't the future but i i always got a i always got some love for you exactly exactly it's it's amazing song uh i had to pull you in on this one 
I had to get somebody else to testify. Uh, I'm I'm a big mushy sap, so I enjoy R and B. I enjoy love ballads. You know, I'm I'm not even gonna let you say that about yourself. Even if you weren't a sap, everyone should appreciate R and B because R and B expresses things that we all experience, that we all feel from time to time. Even if you're like, I don't know, The Rock or someone who's you know major pain. I don't know. Everyone sure. feels some type of emotion. I mean, Whitney, that is that I will always, that is a pretty sappy song. I'll give you that for sure. Look, I own it. I own it, Crystal. <laughs> There's some songs you catch me listening to on a Sunday morning by myself. I get emotional. Yeah. You that's know, good. that's one of them. Yeah. If they when they played it at her funeral as she was walking out, I I was yeah, it was it was a tough day for me. It was a tough week. It was a tough week. Mm. Okay. <laughs> this has been awesome. Initially, I was uh, I entertained the idea of just having you go on a rant about it, but I think this was more fluid. This was great. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to rant about Whitney because my heart just gets too. I'm too emotionally invested. People that know me know not to ever speak negatively of Whitney. It's not allowed in my space. When she passed away, my mom had me like on suicide watch. It was, it was, it was, I mean, I I wasn't actually going to kill myself, but it was, it was rough. And, you know, it's something I'm still not quite all the way healed from, but you know, I'm glad that she left us her music and that we can celebrate her in that way. She gave us so much. So much. We didn't deserve it, but she gave it to us and I I will take it. Listen, it's it's been an absolute pleasure and I, I hope you'll come back on the show again. Yeah, feel free. I'm I'm down. Okay. <laughs> I'll make Mary J. Blige. I have to make up for that. I don't want her coming for me. We need to have a segment about how we got. We're gonna have to talk about how Mary J. Blige uh, impacted the culture. Uh, it wasn't necessarily the best talent. We'll put that out there, but definitely had impact on the culture. She did. She did. Look, she gave us a bop. <laughs> Just one. She gave us a few bops. She gave us a bop. <laughs> Was it the chicken um, tenders as well? She gave us those. Oh my god! <laughs> Shout out to Burger King. Yeah, PK <laughs> Lounge, as I call it. Oh my god! Okay, all right. I, I'm not gonna hold you. Let's <laughs> have a good one. Have a good one. Peace. AM PM. It's critical.